You'll do as you're told. Because if you don't, I'll be in charge of the beating next time. The longer I stay in here, the less chance I have of going back across the Nullarbor. And that suits me fine. You don't ever tell a screw anything about anything. I sentence you to six months detention in Wentworth. Hi, and welcome to Cell Block Age podcast. I'm your host, Lars. Welcome to to the first episode of Cell Block Age podcast, or rather the first episode of reviewing episode of Cell Block Age podcast. Just a quick summary on what this podcast is. It's a podcast where I will review each and every episode of Prisoner Cell Block Age, or just Prisoner if you're in Australia. This episode is recorded on the 31st of July 2018 and I think we will jump right into it. The first episode was aired the 26th of February 1979. It was written by Reg Watson, produced by Ian Bradley and directed by Graham Arthur. We start off with an a opening shot of the women going through their lives carefree when we freeze frame and a gate slams over the shot and then we get their mug shots um, we see Karen, Lynn and B. and my first thoughts on this first of all I, I kinda wish they had this opening more but maybe with a different graphic like the gate coming in from the side instead of folding in like that doesn't really hold up and today's standards but I mean it's 1979 so anyways I just love this intro it's just it gets right into things it's real gritty and the show just starts no introduction nothing it's just another day in the prison as we see Vera and Meg chasing after Sally throughout the prison she bumped into me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's quite the that's quite a small nudge there, Frankie. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> she bumped into me. <laughs> oh, I really love this. Um, sure, it, it, it's campy sometimes, and but it's funny. My first viewing of this episode was on the 20th uh, of July this year, 2018. So that's 11 days ago. And shit. I really, really just wanted to go on with it and watch another episode, or like 10. But I had to to wait until I did this this commentary um, to go on to the next show. So I haven't seen episode 2, and I haven't seen the show in a couple of years. Anyways, we go to the prisoner transport where we see Lynn sobbing almost uncontrollably, whilst Karen is more contemplating on what got her here. Karen's just made a mistake, stabbing that cheating husband of hers, and as for Lynn, she's innocent. <laughs> don't, don't they all say that, Lynn? As we go, go back to the prison, we see Megan Vera taking Sally, uh, who's played by Lisa Aldenhoven, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, sorry Lisa, to a cell with some force because of her hysterical state. She's threatening to kill herself and begs profusely to Miss Bennett without any luck. And I'm actually sad to see her go. She seems like a good actor. It's a shame that they had to kill her off. But her performance really gives the show some oomph, uh, being that this is the first episode and they aren't really afraid to go there 
and if you hear some some noise like car noise and stuff like that I have to apologize but it's really hot here in Sweden today we go back to the van that has arrived at Wentworth the women are told to get out and though Karen seemed to be more collected than Lynn she's still taken by the whole ordeal when they go inside Karen tries to take it all in as the menacing music starts and it reminds me of my favorite movie where Eagles there um, with Clint Eastwood and Richard Burton great great movie from the 70s no oh sorry the late 60s is it 68 just reminds me of that movie it has some good ass orchestral music and I sure do miss some good ass orchestral music in in these days you don't get really get that this often anymore and it really sets a tone here uh, in, in in prisoner mrs jackson starts the introduction uh, process of the women and begins with karen lynn finally finds out what she's in for and gives a face of horror and disbelief uh, that karen murdered her stabbed her husband or is in for murder miss bennett walks in and let lets miss mac Mrs. Maxim, Mrs. Jackson know that the doctor wants to see her and starts showing the women what prison really is about. She's fierce, our Miss Bennet. Watch yourself, Karen. Vinegatis doesn't like to repeat herself. We're five minutes in and it's all grit and darkness. I freaking love it. I really can't imagine how this must have been when it first aired back in the seven, late 70s. I mean, it's so fucking dark and gritty and... I'm not actually sure what uh, else was aired during the late 70s in Australia, but um, from what I can tell by my small, small research and all the commentary I've read so far, it was kind of groundbreaking. So, yeah, just looking at today, I'm amazed. And, I mean, I probably would have shit myself <laughs> back then if, if knowing myself, if I hadn't seen anything like it before. Anyways, uh, we go up to the hospital, well, hospital where Marilyn is taking an eye exam. And this is a weird question, but is this the only time we get this in a show? In, in this show? I mean, an eye exam at the doctor's? Um, I, I, I really can't remember any other, any other time that we see this. It's, it's a weird and odd question, but I just feel if someone out there has an answer for me, Please let me know. Uh, uh, I just have to know. Meg walks in and she and Greg exchange a small look of amusement when it gets a bit tough for Marilyn to read so she peeks through her fingers to make sure she said the right thing. <laughs> Cheating like a little child. <laughs> H. Yes, H. Don't cheat, Marilyn. With the card so far away, Doctor. Yes, that is the general idea. This is also what I love about uh, so book age uh, it, it's the humor of it all I mean it's sure it's campy sometimes but it's also got a lot of actual humor and comic relief and it's fucking brilliant sometimes um, anyways <laughs> a bit of a tempter are we Merlin trying to get what you want by trading services. But who am I to judge? But Meg quickly, quickly disarms the situation. One might wonder what would happen if she wasn't there. 
Sorry, Marilyn, but flirting won't work on this doctor. But it was worth the shot, wasn't it? Greg complains about the pill problem and how every woman seems to be after pills. Though to be fair, it's his. <laughs> Though to be fair, it's his favorite subject. But what on earth do you mean by that, Greg? Hmm. <laughs> um, he begs Meg to have a seat, and apparently her husband has been a bit of a tattletale, saying that she had some trouble sleeping. But Meg just brushes brushes it to the side and refuses to be examined. Examined. She just wants to get on with her workday. And we're a bit too curious about the new arrivals, aren't we, Doctor? Followed her case. <laughs> yeah, right. As we go back to the in- induction, the nurse is just doing a checkup on Karen and notes some circular burns on her back. She notifies Miss Bennett, who comes back behind the screen, and takes a look. Meg comes back. Meg comes back from the doctor and sees the burn with a bit of shocking concern on her face, while asking Karen what they are. She snidely remarks that they are burns, cigarette b- burns. Sorry. As we go on, Vera doesn't show that Vera doesn't show that much empathy. Procedure is everything. But that's a filthy show, Miss Bennett. Haven't the women been cleaning it like you should? They should have. Uh, with the water running, we get a flashback of Karen's husband moaning and crumbles to the floor. Out of show, as he tries to stop the bleeding from the stab wound she just inflicted on her, on him. Sorry, on him. And she's clearly shaken and traumatized by that flashback and hesitates going in the shower. But Vera won't let her let her off the hook that easy. This filthy animal needs a good scrubbing before entering the piston. So the rule book says, so get on it. Still frightened and clearly in distress, she takes off her robe and give Miss, gives Miss Bennett a quick lick before she gets in the shower. But nothing faces Vera. Oh no. Uh, as we get a last look of Karen in the shower and the camera zooms in on her we can see that she gets more and more distressed to the point of hysterical this coincides with strings and percussion getting more intense till we get the gate slamming over the shot and as i said before i'm not really a big fan of this uh, partly because it's in 3d and and most of the 3d graphics doesn't really hold up that well today uh, we're introduced to two more characters lisa and doreen Doreen comes running after Liz and claims she stole something from her. Oh, I'll tell you all about her off you! Oh, come on, Lizzie, I know you've got it. Come on, get your hands off me, you rotten little oh. big Doreen! <laughs> I just love her. How Doreen calls her an old bitch and <laughs> Liz replies with calling her little bitch. <laughs> oh, I fucking love these characters. <laughs> Okay, okay, focus. I really love these two characters. Um, Vera comes around the corner and breaks up the mild manner fight that is going on. And it's clear Miss Bennett isn't having any of it. And Karen gives a uh, shocked look and probably still hasn't come to terms on, with what's going on and where she is. As she and the nurse walks past all the drama. The shock doesn't stop there as she sees an old friend as the Wentworth physician. Greg looks at her burns and finds out that that's the work of her husband and that not, nothing what was mentioned in the trial. We don't know why Karen seems to think that it really doesn't matter now. 
husband is her husband is dead and it's enough just being here without having anyone to talk to from a personal life but the good doctor won't let let go that easy but Karen doesn't want to be a bother Vero walks in and breaks up the little party as she usually does <laughs> that they were having having some doubts over the doctor's order she has him confirm that they are indeed cigarette burns you sure were clothes this time doctor next scene Doreen comes into the laundry and B questions her where the hell she's been it's all Lizzie's fault for pinching her stuff uh, Mrs. Jackson walks in with the new girl, Lynn, and introduces her to the women. <laughs> and I like how B picks up the linen or whatever it is and sees a big hole in it, looks at it, thinks to herself, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Doesn't throw it away. This is not my problem. <laughs> Just keeps it and starts pressing it. <laughs> Lynn claims her innocence. Good, aren't we all? <laughs> All bloody innocence. The only thing any of us ever did wrong was getting caught. You can see B stopped for, for a second, remembering something, and asks, Lynn who? Lynn Warner. Ah, oh, shouldn't have said that. B heard about it. Kidnapping a small child and burning it. <laughs> burning it? Burying it. Alive, almost killing it. All the women gang up. Gang up on it. As we all know, hurting children is never a good thing to have done when you end up in prison. Especially in a women's prison. I mean, and that stain on B's face when she says, Guess who did it? That's pure hatred. Before we get any action, we cut away to Miss Bennett giving Karen, Karen the procedures of prison as she's shown to her cell. They happen to stop outside Sally's. Sally's cell because Karen dropped her toilet bag. Sally reaches out of her cell banging to Miss Bennett. But Vera has more important things to do and shoves her back in the cell and locks the hatch as well. Vera shows Karen to her cell, gives her a rule book which is, followed, is to be followed to the letter. Karen throws down her clothes on the bed, sits down. We hear a deep growling laugh in the corridor as Frankie appears in the doorway. She sees someone she fancies and starts laying on the charm. Frankie likes beautiful things. Karen gets a bit frightened and finds out that Frankie and Doreen shares a cell with her. When being asked what she did, she tries to play tough, saying she stabbed someone to death. We see Frankie showing somewhat of respect for Karen, but looks can deceive. So Frankie takes a further step to advance towards her prey, with intimidation and insinuation of sexual nature. She cracks that facade Karen has put up. It's mostly a game to Frankie. Karen is disgusted with, with Frankie's behavior and runs out of her cell and finds Mrs. Jackson saying that she wants a single cell and calls Frankie an animal just as Frankie comes around the corner. Haven't learned the prisoner code yet, you stupid girl. The governor's office where Mrs. Davison and Mrs. Jack Jackson talks about the incident that just occurred. She would have gone into a single cell directly if they had a chance, but this is the perfect time to time and reason to split up split up Doreen and Frankie once and for all. Karen is brought in and questioned about the matter by Mrs. Davison, who gives her a mouthful and a lecture. It's a fucking prison and you have to stand up to yourself. The officers can't mollycoddle every prisoner and watch over them every waking moment. Be, be glad that you knew and this is the last time you see you'll see Mrs. Davison over a trivial matter like this. <laughs> Holy hell, Davo! 
I think it's it's a shame they don't use this opportunity while the photo's being taken to have the women's mugshot appear as an effect while they snap the photo. I think it would have looked good. Though if would have started with it, it probably would have been somewhat out of sync in the episode and stuff like that. But Doreen goes up to Sally's cell to check up on her. We see her sitting curled up behind the sink, being very distressed and begs Doreen to fetch Vera for her. Really love Lisa's performance here as Sally. And it's it's really convincing and it's it's a shame that she died. Not died, yeah, she died, but she hung herself. But I guess it's effectful and and um, useful for the story to have a good actor being as convincing as she are to, to really have an effect. Anyways, we go to the rec room where Liz is telling Frankie over a game of cards how lucky they all should be. What do you think about that Chrissy? I don't. Proper bloody little whinger she is. She should have been with us in the old jail. I told her all about the cockroaches and the forage and oh, all Oh, shut that. up and play, can't you? These girls don't know how lucky they are to be here. It's just like a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love Lizzie. Though it doesn't go all too well, frankly, it's clearly on edge over something and can't concentrate. Mrs. Bennett comes in and turns down the phone. Time for muster. Doreen relays Sally's message to Miss Bennett, and that's when the good old vinegar tits realise this is the perfect timing to tell her that they are splitting up Frankie and her. Doreen is scared out of her boots, probably knowing how Frankie will react to the news. Vera responds with snarky remarks and looks over at Frankie, knowing perfectly well why she's being moved, also that Frankie knows why. As we see Frankie get more and more agitated and Vera just feeds the fire that fuels Frankie to the point of no return. Everyone gets out except Doreen but is told to leave by Frankie before she goes totally ballistic and starts thrashing the rec room. We cut to Mrs. Jackson Jackson and Karen walking into Frankie's cell to get her belongings. Meg tries to give Frank tries to give Karen some advice on how to handle herself and the interactions between the other girls. You don't want the ill-tempered Frankie as an enemy. Oh, poor Sally. Sad to see you go. But I said, as I said before, I really do like the decision of having a suicide in the first episode. It really sets the tone. We get a break and see they roll out her body on a stretcher. As Mrs. Jackson and the doctor walks towards Karen's cell, we stay on Mrs. Davison and Miss Bennett. I warned her. I threatened her. I did everything I could to make her tell me where she got the stuff. As Vera tells Mrs. Davison about her efforts, David doesn't look too impressed about the outcome at all. We cut to Karen, sitting in her cell, sobbing, as Mrs. Jackson finds out that she and Gregs knows each other but promises to keep it to herself. And as we see here, Mrs. Jackson seems to be the rhyme and reason in here, uh, and lays his arm straight, but with some glimmer of hope, just ignore the Frankies, the swearing, <laughs> the drugs and the sex, and just be a cool customer's mum. You'll be all right, Karen. <laughs> what the fuck? Ignore the swearing. Come on, Meg. <laughs> uh... Anyways, we go out to the garden where Ling goes up to mum as she's doing a bit of gardening. She and Ling gets chummy over some bug killing, 
small churches and talks about the countryside. I'm sorry, um, that's just me trying to put in a small reference to coupling uh, the British TV series. Life's what you make it, my dear. There's not much point in hating the prison or the screws, is there? After all, they didn't put us in here, did they? Sorry to break up all the fun, but there's some excitement, excitement happening. Dora and Frankie splitting, being split up and Sally hung herself. That car is so fucking hideous, but wow, 24-hour 24, 24 service, 7 days a week, that isn't bad really. Um, see you in a bit, Eddie. We cut to an overhead shot of Frankie slouching on, on the bed in the pound as we hear footstep, footsteps getting closer. And we get a fabulous scene between Miss Bennett and Frankie. And here we really see Vera thinks of some of the women, some of the women in here and how she treats them thereafter. I really can't do this scene justice by just talking about it. It's so amazing. Bet you're dying for a cigarette. Yeah. Pity against regulations. Hey, I forgot to tell you. We got a new nickname for you. It's old B's idea. Wanna know what it is? Vinegar tits. <laughs> hey, how about that, eh? Vinegar tits. You really are the most uncouth slut, Doyle. Oh, don't blame me, Vera. It's our beast idea. She thought it up. Did she indeed? <laughs> Vinegar tits. <laughs> well, you get what you dish out sometimes, Vera. If you're being nasty and spiteful, you can count on the women acting the same way towards towards you. Now you just earned yourself a nickname. Vinegar tits. By the uncouth slut, as you call her. <laughs> oh man. Holy hell. This show doesn't go too easy on its audience. But that's fucking right. Let the swear words rip. I mean, it's it's not like a fucking American TV show that's... Oh, that's naughty. I have to bleep that. Boo, boo, boo. God, I hate American television sometimes. Sure. Murder, blood, yeah, that's all right. But a fucking swear word. <laughs> and I just love that squeezing moment in the end when she says, get it, so, and that laugh of hers is so great. Oh, man, it's it's amazing. Um, by the actress Carol Burns, I think. Yeah, Carol Burns. And it's, it's amazing, that laugh. We go to the rec room where we see... That B is really pissed off at Frankie and all the trouble she caused, being that they have to clean up after her. Doreen tries to come to her defense, saying that, saying that, <coughs> saying that she's upset. But as B points out, this isn't the first time Frankie lost her cool, and that all the women went to hide <laughs> last time she blew her top off. And I think this is actually our first mention of Queen B in this show, and we. It will not be the last. Vera comes in screaming at them that it should have been done over an hour ago. <laughs> B gives her a sassy reply that really doesn't suit Miss Bennett at this time and gets really mad. <laughs> you can just see the confused look on B's face as she tells her off. 
I'm just waiting to see some cogs and other machinery work full, working full speed to figure out what the hell she's on about. Man, I feel you, B. That frustration and anger when someone tries to pin some shit on you that you haven't done. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing in this whole scene is Lizzie, of course. Taking a huge step forwards, almost lays her chin on B's shoulder and with a smile says, What you call you, Miss Bennett? Get out, Lizzie! You're only making the place even more of a mess! <laughs> Sorry, I really love that scene. Let's continue here, shall we? Holy hell, that's fire coming out of those eyes, Vera. That can't be good. But B can't just help herself poking the old beer. So before they go back to the laundry and leave Marilyn to it, she asks what what the nickname were. But before giving an answer, she storms out. <laughs> Too right, B. Bloody Frankie. Oh. Poor Meg, having to show Eddie to the rec room where all three of the remaining women gets a good look at the spunky electrician. At least in their eyes, not really my type. Bit too skinny for my liking, but hey, to each their own. Now it didn't seem like a bad word, bad job after all, did it? You do go straight to the point, don't you, Marilyn? <laughs> Leaving Eddie look like a, looking like a deer in headlights. We leave the... the the lovers alone for now and go to the laundry where Lynn walks in somewhat scared from the last time from the last visit in the laundry but it's it's okay now Lynn the women have cooled down uh, cooled down a bit since this morning we don't take kindly to your types in here <laughs> uh, sorry Lynn guess I was wrong <laughs> here we get another amazing recipe whiskey smoking laugh of Liz's that's pure Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Sorry, my German's a bit rusty. We see Karen moping in her bed as we go to a flashback of her being beaten, forced, and persuaded into having, a, having an abortion against her will. As she comes home after the abortion to find her husband cheating on her, this flashback is all fine and nice and everything, but I just can't bear that fucking echoey slow motion effect that they have can't they just have a regular a regular flashback without that echoing slow-mo thing it would have been nice it would have been perfectly fine as a scene and it's it's quite a good scene but it kind of ruins things for me that thing that surprised me most was that the knife was actually got kind of small um i remember it being bigger more like a the knife in Psycho. Anyways, when that flashback with Lynn scared shitless, waking up Karen to ask if she could stay with her because the other women are after her blood. As we go to the rec room, we see Cheryl's being good friend, being a good friend to Marilyn, having her back like that, while Marilyn is up in the ceiling having a good time with Eddie. And he's a real charmer, isn't it? <laughs> who would, who else would have get away, getting away with? Calling old vinegar tits a doll. <laughs> oh man. We go to the governor's office where Lynn lags on B for burning her hand in the stream stream press in the steam press when trying to explain why. Mrs. Davison suggests her to stop talking about baby Richie, but Lynn won't have it. So Erica is forced to put her foot down and be stern with this silly girl. 
She just have to come to terms that she's guilty. Link collects herself and asks to make a phone call. As we see, Mrs. Jackson comes charging into the laundry in question B. What's that? What happened to the new girl? But get an answer that it was nothing more than a simple accident. Right, girls? Yep. See, Mrs. Jackson, all is well. But Mrs. Jackson won't let, let it go that easy. Because B can now kiss her parole tomorrow goodbye. B, of course, isn't too keen on that idea and looks quite, quite grumpy over the fact that this might happen. Whatever will you do to get your parole? We go to the doctor's office. Lynn's hand is bandaged and all is well once more. Mum walks in with Greg's tea and seems somewhat nervous when walking up to Lynn. What's your name again? Lynn. Lynn, sometimes we have to agree that things are accidents in here. If we don't, accidents seem to keep happening. <laughs> wow, with a nickname like Mum, you believe that the old Lynn is quite nice, don't you? But oh no, with a calm, soothing voice, you can pretty much get away with threatening almost everyone with just giving some motherly advice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Mum and the doctor have a quick chat about Lynn and Karen as we cut a bit, a bit abruptly to Miss Bennett and Karen coming to Sally's old cell. Also, how, how Karen says, not this one, is quite weird and doesn't really sound like her. I think just. It's just how they shot, shot it and didn't leave any sort of transition or pause between those these two scenes. Fuck me, Karen. First you want a single cell, then you want another. Because hung ya, Sally hung herself in this one. It's a fucking prison, for God's sake. Not some sort of grocery store where you can pick and choose which avocado you think is just right. I'm with you on this, Vera. She's a troublemaker. As we see in Davis' office, she phones... The Bentley household to get get a hold of Larry the gardener. But he's told he quit a week before. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Now stop it. Or I'll put you back in that big hole. <gasps> Is Lynn actually telling the truth? Is she innocent? Wow, that look from Mrs. Davidson when she beeps in Mrs. Jackson, who's waiting outside, is just filled with disappointment. Probably thinking to herself that Lynn just wasted a bunch of the officer's time with that silly phone call. <laughs> we get the song on the inside without any lyrics over it. Lynn sobbing in her bed. Vera starts closing shop and yelling at the women to settle down and go to sleep. We go up to solitary where Frankie seems quite bored and lonely. So she starts shouting at Doreen. This is actually my end credits of, of this podcast. And it's a scene that I really love and enjoy. Where Frankie keeps all the prison awake just to hear some comforting words from Doreen. We get one more scene where we see an officer opening a gate and a cell door to, to let B out of a cell. They go down some stairs through another gate and B is let into another cell while Lynn is sleeping. And she's awakened with a hand over her mouth and B hissing at her to shut up. And then we get the end credits. So yeah, this was the first episode of the show and I really enjoyed it. And as I said in the beginning of the episode, I really just want to watch the next one. It really has some nice cliffhangers throughout the show to get you hooked and keep watching. 
I really feel that this was a first good episode that just throws you right into the show. No real introduction or anything, it's just another day at the prison. And as we go on we see new characters. It also gives you a good indication of what you might expect from the show. It's violent, it's humorous, but they also bring up some difficult topic topics. And aren't afraid to go out on a limb to be as authentic as possible. I'm going to go into some trivia and discuss a bit of history around the show and its start. This will contain some spoilers, so if you haven't seen the whole show, I suggest you stop listening now. So be warned. Spoilers ahead. This is mostly information from the commentary track of the first episode featuring Ian Bradley, one of the show's producers. I also used the site Who's Who in Wentworth. It really is a great source of information for the show. I will leave a link in the show notes. They actually acknowledge the fact that the scene where Karen kills her husband is borrowing a lot from Psycho and the actor shot a scene where you can see the blood going down the drain but Ian felt that it was a bit too much and it might draw attention from Karen's story and instead focusing the viewer on the blatantly copying of a scene from Psycho. Val Liam, who played B, took on a similar role in real life standing up for the actors whenever there was an argument with the producers and fighting for the rights. As they thought it would only be a short run of the series, the actors took on some temporary and sometimes strange accommodations. Carol Burns, who played Frankie, camped out in a camper van in the car park at the prison for the time period she was in the show. The outside shots of the prison is actually the studio itself and they used the backyard of the studio as a prison grounds and the garden. It was supposed to be only 16 one hour episodes with the option to make 10 more but when they had made 5 episodes for testing the studio realized this was going to be a success and wanted to keep the show going for for more than just one season so the studio wanted to air two episodes a week instead of one but Ian Bradley thought this was a bad idea since all the actors got in the show on the first premise of being once a week. They subsequently delayed the transitions for five months to get the actors on board and be able to write down those who didn't want to be in the show after the new format and as we know Carol Byrne who plays Frankie was the only one who opted out and was written out of the series. The scene where Frankie yells to Doreen was supposed to be the last scene of the episode. But due to the change of format they took the first scene of the second episode and made a cliffhanger instead to fit the new format. They did this for the first nine episodes which they already scripted and shot. From the beginning Lizzie was only supposed to be a small character but grew and since one of the writers had written in a story where Frankie steals Lizzie's teeth Ian actually had to ask Sheila Florence during her audition whether it was her own teeth or not. (laughs) She later on got him back by telling every new actor what a bastard he was by saying that she had to remove all her real teeth in order to get the part. In order to get the part. (laughs) Oh, this feels such a lissy thing to do. The only critique I have of this commentary track is that they should have had someone with Ian because it's a lot of silence from his part and it would have been nice to hear someone else talk about the show as well. 
They actually shot all the scenes from Lin's story at the Bentlows even before they shot the first episode. This was because they already thought up the part of going back to the story later on to reveal the true monster of Mrs. Pentlin burying her child. Also we have a small kind of weird scene for me at least where they're having some talks about cells in the basement. Did they really have cells in the basement? And also, is this the only time we see somewhat of a layout of the prison or the blocks at least? I really can't remember any sort of map or schematics of the prison being shown. Um, maybe in the Ruth Bellinger siege. But yeah, it, it was just an observation from my part. Val Liam, who played B. Smith, Smith, Smith was originally considered for the part of Vera. And contenders for the role of B. Smith... Smith Smith included Betty Bobbitt, who played Judy, and Maggie Kirkpatrick, who played Joan, oh, the freak, and also Carol Skinner, who played Nola McKenzie. Anyhow, um, there was supposedly, supposedly a, a total of 6,408 actors, writers and directors, and a total of 784 crew members uh, that were employed throughout this series run. And as a last thing, we have some guest appearances. I will mention what different, ro- different roles the, these people play throughout the series and, which, and what episode the character first appears in. First up, Belinda Davy. She plays the sister in the first episode, but we know her better as Hazel Kent. And she's first credited uh, in episode 142, but she probably shows up a bit earlier. And she's also a super annoying character, especially when she's dying from a brain tumor for for her last six episodes. I really fucking hate that story. A quick side note as well. Um, Is it just me who sees Gloria in that scene where Karen finds her husband cheating on her with a friend? I know it's not the same actor, but it can't be a coincidence, right? They both named Gloria and cheated on her husband who's later on murdered. But it will be a while before we see Totty Goldsmith playing Gloria Payne as she first appears in episode 430. Moving on. We see Relaine Pierce, who later on plays Phyllis Hunt um, in the reception for a brief moment as the receptionist. Sorry for that pronunciation. Let's continue shortly. Um, Apparently Greg the Good Doctor and Karen was actually a couple in real life as well. The reason for them playing together is because of Peter, who plays Karen, had actually fallen in love with an actor in a Shakespeare production that was going back to England, and she wanted to go with him. The problem was she's, she was already thought out to play Karen, so they offered, offered Barry the part of Greg so that the couple could be together, and apparently their relationship was somewhat similar of the, of the show, and they got a divorce in 1981. 89 after being married for 10 years. As we get our first lockup scene of many, I might add that it's actually Kirsty Child's uh, character Anne Yates who's closing shop, though only for the first three episodes. Man, I can't wait to see her on the other side of the bars. Uh, Kirsty also plays Glynis Johnson in episode 348 as Faye Quinn's sister. A bit of an annoying character. She also plays Willie Beecham from episode 537. And she's one of the prisoners transferred from one to Wentworth from Barnhurst after the fire there. 
We also get Willie Demur, who plays Karen's doctor in a flashback. He also plays a sailor in episode 83, who picked up Ross Colson at the docks when she's on the run. He's also a prosecutor in episode 133, one of Liz's trials for shoplifting. He also plays a supermarket manager in, a, in episode 186, as he gives Georgia Baxter a job. He plays a detective sergeant Ryan in episode 278 and tells Erica the reason for the mystery prisoner's confinement to solitary. We later on, later on find out it's Helen Smart. Um, he also plays a boss uh, in episode 352, more precisely Faye Quinn's boss, who leaves her keys, his keys to her premise from which she steals video recorders. But probably his most famous role in this series is as the crime boss Lionel Fellows from episode 409. And last, at last, we have Rodney Muller who plays Wayne, Karen's husband. But he will be back as David Austin in episode 113 as Carrie Vincent's unscrupulous agent. I really hate David. That's all folks. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. And if you want to contact me regarding anything about the show, please do so uh, by tweeting at me at cellpodcast, emailing me at cellblockagepodcast at gmail.com or contact me on Facebook at cellblockagepodcast. Um, I will leave all those links in the show notes. Um, thanks again for listening. Let's cue the outro and get the fuck out of here. Hey!